time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Big Cali world all the time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Big Cali world all the time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Big Cali world all the time, extra lit, extra lit, extra lit. Nigga, uh, young lad. Young lad, that's his name. Yep. Hey. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where the fuck did you get this? Hey, man. I tell you, it's Holy Cast One, shit. man. This is what he does, man. It's the man with the plan. God damn. This nigga <laughs> I ain't Clark Kent. Old ass beat I made. God damn. <laughs> it ain't Clark Kent, but some of the ladies do call me Superman. It's your boy, Big Cali. We here feeling good, feeling great as usual. Another episode. Here at Element Recording Studios in Pomona. Shout out Cass One, man. Hey, hey. He peace, out. Peace. Hey, Cass over here deep in the crates, man, pulling out the deep, what the deep the beats. Shout out to Selfie, man. This was one of the first artists I worked here, worked with from out this way. No cap? No cap at all. Man, well, if you don't know, we here with another episode, and this is our special guest. Man, a brother of the IE, my nigga. Fame producer. Hold on. Let's just get it real. Uh, let's let's not go that far. See, this, see, he's so humble. So humble. Master art of... Nah, man. <laughs> nah, man. This is my brother, man. This audio king in the house, man. What Welcome. What it do? What it do? What it do? What it Big do? Cali world. Yes, sir. Man, finally got you here, brother. I'm glad to be here, bro. Dang, man. Hey, low key, I have to come clean. I was going to start off with this, man. A lot of shit's going down with this virus. <laughs> This coronavirus. Fucking A, bro. And this shit's wild. <laughs> when they canceled the NBA, I knew it was real, bro. I knew it was real. AK, <laughs> bro. I wanted I didn't want to believe it, but once they canceled the NBA, it was like, all right, yo. Bro, I It's a conspiracy against the Lakers. That's that's it's a conspiracy against the Lakers. Break it down. We show finna win the championship this year. We were in show finna win it. We beat Giannis. We beat him. We beat Kawhi. We beat the fuck ass Clippers on that weak ass court that they got, that black court. Man. It was about to happen. And it was about to happen, and then all of a sudden, this fucking virus got niggas sneezing and buying all the toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Now we can't even pass blunts to each other, man. I don't know. I don't know. We really rolled up our own, like, just subconsciously, you rolled up and I rolled up. (laughs) Shit wild, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man. Hey, bro, but on the low, it helped because you had to go to South Bar. And, like, you were, like, going, and you were like, I I don't even know if I can even make yeah, you knew right, you could yeah. make it. You wanted to, but you're just like, I, right, you know, I got to talk to my team. You know right. what's up? But sure then when that shit out. got canceled, it was like, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm free now. Shit, man. How'd you? How did it? Like, bro, it's so much shit I can go about. You're a fame. You actually you DJ first, right? Or did you produce? No, first? I produced first. What you? What got you started in producing? Like, what did that start? Um, honestly, my cousin, my cousin started producing. I don't even know when he started, but he got me into it around 2004. Right, right. So that's 2004. Goddamn, you like almost a dub in. Almost. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, I started producing when I was 14. So yeah, it was free loops. Once, no, actually NPC. Oh, you went in. Yeah, NPC was the first, the first way I started learning. And then I went from that to Cubase. And that's what you on right now, or do what do you use now? Currently, I'm on Ableton. Ableton. Yeah. Hey, you know what's crazy? When I first started getting into like knowing I wanted to do mixes and shit, I, one of my DJ homies, Jimbo, he told me about Ableton. And I was like, 
don't know, man. It looked difficult. That shit was hard as hell. I don't know it's how you learned that shit. It's definitely confusing when you first look at it, but once you get into it, it's fire. Did you have any book or any teaching? Or like, all right, this is how you learn how to produce. This um, is what you do. Like, how'd you get it in there? Nah, because YouTube had barely started cracking when I started producing. You know what I'm saying? Like, YouTube opened in 2004 or started. Damn, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it wasn't no tutorials and all that shit. Exactly. Baby. Only thing on YouTube was fucking. What like crazy movies and cat videos? Like, yeah, cat videos. Niggas falling like fat people falling on tables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I pretty much learned through trial and error, bro. What was like your first? Cause here's what I was getting to. Cause when I first heard your beat, when I first heard your music, I'm real. I was in the function and I heard a lot of your beats and I was like, niggas was like, you know he from the IE, right? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, nah, man, who is this nigga? And then I realized you knew all my homies. Like, you knew a bunch of niggas I right, knew from right, out here. Right. Who, where, where are you, like, from? Where's your people? Like, people's from? Like, how'd you come I'm from, here? born and raised in Riverside, bro. Spent my whole life out there. I went to school at uh, Woodcrest Christian. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Woodcrest Christian. I used to yeah. play them in basketball. I used to go to Marina like Christian schools. Oh, nice, nice. And we yeah, used to yeah. play them in basketball. Very rare. Definitely, I, I went to a private school. I was blessed to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, Would you started, say that made a difference? In what? In like how you were up broad or even your musical oh, taste absolutely. or something? Because you were um, around not. so many people. You're around so many different people the that's probably is, different from The public. thing is, that school was filled with a bunch of like higher class people. You know what I'm saying? Their parents had bread. Right. My parents did well for themselves, but they wouldn't like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we, although I went to that school, I still lived in the hood. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm. All my homies and shit, they was, you know what I'm saying? They regular niggas, you know what I'm saying? Right. So we was just, we would just be around and they would influence me a lot. But at the same time, I was like the token black guy at that school, you know what I'm saying? So right. I've been that person, especially I when like, I went to private school. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird in that sense. You know what I'm saying? I was one of four black people in my entire school. Damn. So. And you, and being that person, like. It's kind of funny, like they come to you with all the questions, all the black questions. Every single one. Like, hey, uh, so, bro, like, it I worked, question. It, it worked out though, because you know the white boys, they love to smoke weed, so that was my gig. You know what I'm saying? Is that I, where you first? Would you say you absolutely. first got introduced to that shit in private school? To shit like that? To slanging? Hell yeah. Because it was you're you're for sure literally. Uh, what's my nigga from uh, Power? Wait, my nigga from Power. Oh, nigga. The, the kid that went to school was hustling. Oh, nigga, I can't be Tariq, nigga. <laughs> Not oh, Tariq, no, nigga. Wait a minute. <laughs> Don't give me Tariq. I can't give you Tariq. <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> that fuck nigga, man. Hey, yo, man. Tariq was out there hustling, though. Hey, but... Can you not give him that he was hustling? I, he was hustling, but low-key, the whole motherfucking show was fucked up because of him, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Touché. If I, if, uh, Touché. Dude, spoiler alert. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he fucked it up. He fucked hey, up everything. His mama is in jail right now because of him. Because of him. On the low. And his daddy dead. He killed his daddy, damn it. That's rare. I'm sorry if I just spoiled it. <laughs> I'm sorry if I just spoiled it. But anyways. Oh my god. <laughs> so like, just out of curiosity. So when you were 14, how did you get into producing? Like, what? Like you I said, woke my up one day. Did you just wake up one nah. day and you were like, "Today's the day I'm gonna start producing"? Nah. Like I said, my cousin was producing before that. Who's your cousin? What's his name? His name. He go by Showtime. You know what gotcha. I'm saying? He he don't really do music like that anymore. But oh, okay, um, okay, okay. Originally, I was. That was just my older cousin. I looked up to him, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he started making beats. He showed me how to use the NPC, and it was over from there. What was, 
was it was your first beats like do you remember them right now do you remember like the yeah. process of them yeah i do actually i remember creating my first few beats i can I still make... think of them in my head too a For little real? bit yeah did you, did you have homies that was rapping on them i was rapping game? on them Damn. yeah so low-key low-key i started out rapping and gotcha. the the whole production thing like i said he was producing but he was producing for himself got it so that was like it wasn't for you it was just yeah. like <laughs> no yeah yeah it wasn't for him but that was like the mentality i had you make beats for yourself you got know what i'm saying it, got it yeah that's deep because so, you really be making beats for hella niggas now now yeah, yeah what was that process of changing that format when were you just like you know what I need to just start giving these niggas shit. My homies is like spitting on this shit. I like, just, no, I kind of lost the passion for rapping. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was heavily influenced. I used to listen to Game and Black Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? K-Dot super early. Um, so yeah. it was just like a whole yeah. bunch of gangster influence. <laughs> but I was going to Christian school. So I didn't live That's that life. That's a crazy ass coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Motherfuckers, what's right, up? Nigga, yeah. we here. And you go to school, you're like, all right, right what's up, yeah, y'all? How yeah. you doing, Kyle? Welcome to Bible class. What's you know what up? Like, I said, Kyle. <laughs> right, yeah. No, so, like, that was it. Like, I just wasn't living that life. You know what I'm saying? So, so you just knew that wasn't a part of your exactly. repertoire. Of what you and I didn't really have, like, an, I didn't want to, like, make up stories to rap about. You know what I'm saying? So... It so was you're like, just like, fuck it. Let me just stick to doing the producing. I'll let y'all that actually are in that life. You know right. what I'm saying? Because... I never claimed no hood or nothing like that, so. I feel you. When did you start DJing? DJing came way later. Um, I started DJing in 2015, so. Damn, like 11 years after you started producing, you are like, yeah. even. Yeah. So it came really easy because of that. Do you think, <clears throat> it, I was going to ask you, do you think it goes hand in hand? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, because when I first started, like, for me, for instance, me, like, people think I've been DJing, well, I low-key started DJing 2013. Mm -hmm. I started DJing. And it was only because I was actually talking about it before. I was, we were talking about acid and shit. <laughs> I was right, talking, right. it was when my dad passed away. And uh -huh. after he passed away, me and all my homies, like, you know, of course, in typical, you know, fashion, your homies come together, like the family, and we right, were just right. like, hey, the homie was like, hey, I got some acid. I mean, you wanna just escape for a minute? I was like, fuck it at that point. You know, I was willing to do anything. Yeah. Did the acid, and then from there, like, I literally purged, you know, got everything out, got clarity, and then all of a sudden, like, music to me just became, like, real. Like, I started thinking, like, why do I know so much music? Mm -hmm. And like, why do I want to put it together? And then from there, I started actually just like, you know what? I'm about to come into some money. Let me invest my money correctly. So I Absolutely. went and bought all my DJ equipment like out the gate. So how old were you? Ah, uh, like twenty three. Okay, yeah. Twenty three, twenty two. That was smart though. Yeah, and smart then once I did that, like. Man, it was like nonstop after that. It, it, everything started clicking and making sense. And now I'm leading into like trying to learn how to produce, like trying to get into that way. Mm -hmm. Like you, I've even collabed with you on absolutely, some shit, absolutely. you know, and I'm noticing that all my time of learning how to DJ and when it came to like learning the process of actually like timing and on the one and cutting and shit like that. That's producing. producing. Exactly. You're producing a track every exactly. night when you're out in the club. You're producing exactly. a vibe. You're producing a whole way. Would you say it is like that when you were Absolutely. 
it was just the other way around. So that's what's funny you know what about saying? it. That's yeah. why like you you started off as a producer right, and then you right. ended up DJing. I'm starting so off as a DJ. When I started DJing, like like you said, timing and counting beats and knowing when to drop something, it was just natural. So oh, I'm sorry, bro. No, you're good, you're good. But what I was gonna say is, what do you like more? Producing. For real? Yeah. I love creating the vibe. Creating the vibe. Yeah. I think it's a cheat code. And I was gonna sell it like if you're a producer and you're a DJ and you go into a beat, you literally are like, all right, you've DJ so many different moods. Right. Like that's why it's hard for me to like understand like producers who probably don't like I know some producers who don't go out to the club. Like they don't go out, right. they literally stay in, in the lab and they're just producing all day. Don't go out. Probably that you're like, hey, that yeah, might be a, me. To a certain Facts. extent, that's yeah. me. Facts. Yeah, you know? To a certain extent, and that's me. It's like, how do you create such great vibes just in your head without seeing it? Like, I feel like me as I have a cheat code, because like yeah. if I'm trying to make a twerking song, I've seen so many songs that have created this reaction. Do you get what I'm trying to say? What yeah, would you say yeah, was your process I mean, of creating that vibe or like even going into it? I mean, it's not like it? I've never been to a club, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I feel you, I feel yeah. you, I feel you. No, but yeah, and then like you said, I, I do spend time DJing. I, I used to be in the club scene a little bit in that, you know what I'm saying? I more so do like private stuff now, but... um. I mean, creating the vibe, you just know, bro. Well, my nigga, you you're just... nice at DJing. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're so humble. Bro. You're like, yeah, I mean, I do it. Like, no, my nigga, you be cutting. I mean. Like, you really got the selections you cut. And, like, I would think you were DJing longer. That's right. why it's kind no, of a I shock had, to me. I had some good mentors when it came to the DJing. You know, shout out Corn Breeze. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what? That boy, he he's special. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be and real. He, um, I'm going to take a moment for this, my nigga. Real shit. My nigga, Corn Breeze. You're like the fourth person to bring him up on this podcast. I got to have him on the podcast. Why has he not been on? He I'm really on. thinking about that right now. Because Corn Breeze. He's low-key a IE legend, my G. <laughs> like, not even low. Like, very high-key. How about this? Corn Breeze has seen me in every avenue and aspect of my life. He saw me when I was just coming to hip-hop shows with no connects, trying to get connects in. He seen me when I was coming in. He seen me when I was getting the gig, my first gig, yep. to headlining, to throwing the event, to now in this state. Right. And he's always been a pivotal figure in that. And it's funny you bring him up. And I'm like, as a DJ, I would say for sure him, because I remember when I first heard him play, no lie, we were in Riverside at some club. It was like kind of where Sevilla's is, but it was like some little, it probably was Sevilla's, I don't remember. It was like the little, it was an outside club. And he was DJing and he cut an Aretha Franklin original song and then cut it into Miss Fat Booty. He put the original sample from Miss Fat saying, Booty, Most like... Dev, into that. And I was like, what the? Like, he helped me with my creativity as far as DJing went. You know what I'm saying? I already knew how to make beats and all that. But as far as, like, seeing a DJ be creative with his craft, like, that was that was the one. He was the one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and he always took risks, too. Exactly. Like, and I think that's an important thing a lot of DJs don't do. And I, I struggle with, too, because especially if so you're getting paid for gigs, like, you know, especially when you start getting these real, like, good, steady checks from these places, right. you will get in a bubble. You're like, okay, this is what they want to hear. This is what they want. I know how to do it, and fuck it. Right. I can say consistently, I've never heard a steady, sane corn breeze set. Never. Because he goes off the top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm so, saying? yeah, like, shout out corn breeze. Yeah, man. Yeah, any other, who else was probably some of your mentors you would say going, going up or around getting you with um, DJing first? And now with DJing, uh, definitely uh, Noah, Noah James, you know what I'm saying? Just, yeah, big bro. Just because yeah. of opportunity. 
know what I'm saying? We used yeah. to have that common ground outside right, patio. Right, right. I used to like be there that's every where, week. I think that's where I first seen Probably. you at. Yeah, in those days. Probably. And I wasn't even DJing then. That's what's crazy. I was just hosting. Noah used to just let me host events. Right. So. He's just like, all right, man, I'll give you three drink tickets and you can get anybody in. Just tell them to say Big C, but you got to promote it. And we'll pack that shit out. And it'll be lit. And sometimes we'll leave away with a little money. Exactly. So he That's definitely crazy. gave me opportunity. Um, shit. I mean, honestly, I started DJing because I had some artists I was working with. And I just wanted to DJ their shows. Wow. And I think that's the same for me also. Just be in that process, learned how to mix and stuff. But like I said, it kind of came hand in hand with producing. So you know what? And the thing was, I wasn't producing. It wasn't hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it's so crazy to me. Like, cause I when I started off, it'd be like when you started off producing, I started off <clears> DJing <throat> in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. And I never knew, like, I did one house party and then Cash just got signed. And then wow. when he got signed, Cash was like, well, if you want to come on tour, let's go. Yeah. You gonna have to learn how to DJ or you gonna have to figure it out. So, right. and I went on tour with this nigga. That's a I good was, inspiration though. I if you want to go on tour, learn to DJ. I want to go on tour. <laughs> for the murder, from the murder. And this is like, my niggas already went on two tours already. Right. And I went on one as a host. Uh-huh. I wasn't even DJing. Wow. Lil C was DJing. Rare. Wow. A lot of people really? don't even know that. With the first tour I ever went really? on, Lil C was the DJ. Three? Yes. Wow. He was the DJ. He'll wear a mask. He wore like a baby mask, sometimes like a baby wow. face mask, or he'll wear the smiley face mask. And he will be playing songs like, we went to Detroit and we played Ball with the Ball. We yeah. came out to Kid Rock and everybody was like, what? But then we fucking, at the time, it was okay. When we were in Chicago, we were playing fucking R. Kelly, I Believe I Could Fly. Ooh-wee. And the crowd went up and everybody put their lighters in the air and it was beautiful. That's this was tight. like 2000, you know, like 14. So it was, it wasn't okay then, but it was okay then. <laughs> the society. We just let it slide. We let it, you know. You know what I'm saying? God, that nigga Kelly, man. Fuck that man. nigga R. Kelly. His bad. Anyway. His bad. <laughs> but yeah, but learning how to DJ in front of a crowd though, learn, like, I, I remember fucking up so many times and fail and cashes and speak would be cussing me out. Like, yeah, uh, Cause yeah. I'll be like feeling myself. Cause you know, a nigga like me, I was like, okay, I want to be the star right now. I'm going to be a star, too. I didn't know nah, how to, like, take that back yeah, role. I was like, well, these you. niggas on tour, I'm on tour, too. They ain't yeah. artists. They my homies, so we all artists. We, we on tour. We on tour. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I went out there. I would be cutting, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big nigga, so I'm jumping up and down. My controller's moving. Mm. Controller drops on the floor mid-performance. That's Music shuts off. Good. They look back at me like, what the that fuck? That happened to me. I recently had an opportunity to go on tour with Dax, and um, we was turning up. I don't remember what city <laughs> It always was a turn up. Yeah, I don't know what city we was in, but we was turning up. I was jumping up and down, and my fucking computer fell off the table. So all the music shuts off, and he turns around. And he's like, "What happened?" Anyways, exactly. That's usually what happens, and it's crazy. And that's when you realize you were professional. Yeah, exactly. But you can't lean on that. Exactly. Because exactly. they cuss me out. They're like, "Hey, my nigga, like, I know you want a party, but this ain't a fucking party, my nigga. This right. is a label. Right, right. Like label heads, they will send secret shoppers, like quote right, unquote, right, right, like right, little right, label right, heads right. in every city, and they right. just come to see. Especially if you're just a new to make artist. Sure, yeah. Like my nigga, they're investing dough into this motherfucker. Facts. You're you're a new stock. Facts, facts. So learning how to do that, but that gave me the swag though. Because it'll be moments in the tour where like say like we'll open up for like Chevy or like the underachievers, you know, all them niggas like that, yeah, like yeah, smoke yeah, Disney yeah, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. And like let's say 
they're they're not ready yet. So I'll get an extra 20 minutes to just DJ. To just go up. And yeah. just turn up and before they come on. And then I'll turn on the crowd, turn up the crowd. And then I remember I was in New York and I did it for like 40 minutes. I went for a 40 minute set and it was cracking. And that's where I was like, okay, this DJ shit's lit. <laughs> Came right. back to the IE, tried to turn it up and just ain't, ain't look back since. That's right. And what you're producing, how did you how did you start multiplying your producing? How did you start getting it to like the plateau it is now? Like who was like some of the first artists you were working with that you could say started putting yourself out there? All right. Um I had some artists I was working with that I still work with today. Um News and Berserk. They were on my art on my label, Area 91. Okay. So those were the first two guys I was working with heavily. Um it started expanding from there especially in the last few years um started working with a lot more ie artists um, right cam gnarly Shit, a lot of people. <laughs> like, now, now that I'm trying to think of them, like it's like damn it's a lot it's a lot yeah but i understand also too you you've been working with a lot of people like in l like for instance like the ot genesis record right right how right. did that even come about um Let's For people that don't know, you produce, you helped produce Bay. You worked on Bay, right, 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 and shit blew up. Like that shit was crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that had to be bananas being from Riverside, being from IE. Yeah, and- man, I, it's still crazy to this day. You know what I'm saying? Just to know that you know what I'm saying. We had people like LeBron and Kevin Hart. And hey, when you saw Kylie that video, Jenner, bro, tell me what, what were you doing when you saw that video, bro? I never. I asked was probably you that. in the studio, but I was like, <laughs> yo, like what the hell? Like this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit is it's lit. You know what I'm saying? So, but I mean, how it came about, um, it's kind of a it's an interesting story. I, for a brief moment in my life, I was an engineer for uh, Joe Moses. Okay, shout out Joe Moses. Yeah. Um, so we had done some sessions with with a producer named Mike Free. Okay. Mike Free was a co-producer or he uh he was Mustard's co-producer. Right. So he has a lot of <clears throat> he has a lot of credits with with Mustard and shit. Yeah. So um I ended up meeting him, you know, just stayed in contact with him over the years and um he had hit me one day and was like, yo, like send me some stuff for Tiger." So, <clears throat> excuse me. We had gotten the lab, made a bunch of beats. Uh-huh. This one ended up being one of them. He he ended up sending it to Tiger. Gotcha. You. you know what I'm saying? This is so crazy how these stories become. I always listen. It's always like, yeah, I said that this is so completely different. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow. So Tiger ends up with the beat and he, he obviously, you know, turns it down. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how it ended up in OT's. In That's OT's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> you know what did saying? you email it? Did you send it I, to Absolutely not. This was all a play through Mike Free. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Shout out Mike so, Free. So, um, he, uh, sent that beat out. That's he crazy. hit me up one day like, yo, OT, pick one of your beats. Pick one, you know what I'm saying? Like. And then just from there. Just from there, it went up. You know, shout out to Oh Gosh and, uh, AG. My, bo- my AG, boy AG. Shout out to our mom, man. Yeah. That is crazy. Those are, my, those are the homies. So yeah, and that's y'all how all just collabed on that. We collabed on the beat. We like I said, where'd we, you make we, it at? At the studio in, in Riverside. You know what I'm saying? At, so that beat was made in Riverside. Yeah, we um. Shout out to IE. That's crazy. We was we had made like 15 beats that day with Tiger in mind. Yeah. And it just ended up 
You understand this shit makes the clubs go stupid. As a D, you no, know, as but a D. see, OT did his shit though. He did. OT made it a hit. So shout out to OT. You know what I'm saying? Because right. anybody could have got the beat, right. And did something completely different. Yeah. If Tiger would have picked that beat, we would not have Bay today. You know what I'm saying? It might have right. been some other completely shit. other record. Who knows? So it, shout out o to OT for OT. having that no, vision right, and right. creating that song. You know what I'm saying? That shit was. I remember hearing it. I was like, nah. This ain't real. I ain't even gonna lie to you. The first time I heard it, I wasn't fucking with it. Are you serious? I wasn't fucking with it. I was like, oh man. I thought that was the grip. When I heard it, I was like, nah. Cause the hook was so simple. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's what he does. That's what I love about OT. It worked. All his saying? hooks are something like a kid can sing. That shit on the low. I ain't gonna lie. Like, cause I heard it like a month or two before it came out. You know what I'm saying? And we was just sitting on it. We sitting there and we vibing with it, but the first couple times I ran it through, I'm like, ah, I'm like, man, this ain't gonna work. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This ain't. But then he dropped it and it did. I'm what about it to say, did, when was saying? it when you knew it was a hit? When did you know it was a hit? You're like, oh yeah, this. Is I mean, after I after I kept listening to it for a while, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, okay, like I get it. Like, did it, you ever drop it at a club yourself and drop it and see the response yourself as a DJ? I mean, yet? after it came out, yeah, I have since since now, yeah, yeah. And I drop it on the anytime I drop it on the West Coast, like anywhere out here, up. like it's dope to see that the crowd knows the record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. That's just tight to me that I love that that was a homegrown record. Absolutely. I.e. straight up. I.e. producer. And then you sent it to Oh, it got sent somehow, let's just say mythical magically. Yeah. Just got to him. And yeah. that's the it just I mean, I know you're a spiritual person and you understand, you know. How things work, and that's divine, bro. That means you really were hey, just doing bro, your work. I, niggas been grinding for a long time to for that opportunity to happen. Oh, you know what I'm saying? You said 2004 so, you started. Come it's on, 2000. Bro. What? When was that record come out? It came out in 18, like the end of 18. That's basically, 14? basically 19. Would you say that was your first big, bigger record that hit probably yes. charts and did that? Yes. Wow. Congrats on that, man. Real Appreciate talk, bro. You, bro. Like, real shit. 100. That shit's tight, man. That, that's not, like, only why I wanted to talk to you, too. But I was like, I just wanted... Because I I didn't really know the history. Because I really talked to you about the kind of stuff. Like, when I see it, we usually working all the time. Right, right, right. But I just was like, damn. I was wondering if you made it out here. I didn't know if you made it out there, home. Like, you were just in some L.A. sessions. And you're like, nah, I was in Studio Riverside. Yeah. Knocking out a bunch of beats, though. Yeah. So, do you say... When you make beats, you do, do you know ones are going to be ones like now? Do you say you got that ear now? You're like, oh, yeah, this is it. I mean, I feel like every beat I made is, is going to be the one. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. But, I feel you. But, I mean, um, it's just about the right artist getting on the the right beat. You know what I'm saying? At the end it's of the day. It's equally important. Right. Equally exactly. important. Do you, do you prefer cooking up with artists like organically, like straight up in the studio? Or do you you like the, you'll shoot a beats and stuff like that? Like, how do you prefer? Either way, but I prefer, I, I would prefer being in with the artists. Cause... I know Zaytoven loves working with the artist. Like, you got to pull up on yeah. Zaytoven in Atlanta. Because it and makes more you... sense. I, I can, we can vibe and, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We know something's going to get cut. Yeah. I could send you 30 beats and you might not fuck with none of them. You know what I'm saying? Know. Cause I don't know Is that what like anxiety because like you literally those are like your babies. I mean, Low key, I mean, yes, you make a lot of them. Yes, yeah. you're good, but those are still your art. Like, so it'd yeah. be just a nigga with a hundred of your beats, and you're just like, okay. I mean, what's up? Like, right? I, I, I see mean, you out. You ain't gonna like. 
I mean, yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I, I don't ever think of it like that. But Real shit, that's good. Yeah. See, that's that Capricorn shit. Don't, don't right. do that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's crazy because I'm a Cap too. You know what I'm saying? No but shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I'm, then I'm sick. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't ever think of it like that. But yeah. Nah, that makes sense, man. But other thing I was going to talk to you about is I know you've been um, attending a lot of musical conferences and like conventions and stuff like that. You've been going to, um, it was a NAM, I think it was called. I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I really, I'm not, I'm familiar with it, but I know it's a lot of people that probably would like to know what that is, especially in the IER, like out here, like they might not know it's available. What is that? If you're my man, uh, NAM is a, is like where they, uh, it's kind of like the LA Auto Show where they, yeah, you know they present all the new vehicles for the year. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. But it's all the audio gear for the year. So Damn. these mics, these stands, this headphone amplifier. You know what I'm saying? Wait, all so that, you just you know see saying? all the new sh- anything you're about to get it. So is that where like a lot of producers and stuff be at, like showing like demos? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's where you meet. You can meet any and everybody that's in the industry. They they're there that weekend. So that's fucking. It's tight. dope. To, it's dope because you can not only you know view the new gear, but you can network as well. So. Right. Do you where where do you like how these? Well, I know a lot of the music festivals and shit is canceled now because of coronavirus. Man. But how do you feel about a lot of these conventions like like are these music festivals like South by and like you know like Nam and then I, I guess it's even North by Nam. I heard about that also. I've actually never been to South by. This was gonna be the first time that I was gonna go this year, what? and the fucking coronavirus fucked that up for me. So fuck you, coronavirus. This is gonna be your first time going. Yeah. Have you done any of those other... Um, you went to A3C, right? I went to A3C one How'd you year. like that? That was dope. That was dope, man. Did you go the year when the fight broke out? And it was like crazy? Yep. Yep. We was you in that crowd. It? We was in the crowd. We was in... They... they Supposedly, it was gunshots. But honestly, we heard it was just a... Um, like a, bar- a metal barricade falling over. And it hit the ground so hard that it smacked and it sounded like a gunshot. So niggas started rushing and shit. They thought it, there was a fight going on, but they thought they they thought it was guns going on. So niggas started rushing and shit. This nigga Wayne was in the middle. We went to Atlanta so excited to see Wayne. This nigga got two songs into his set, and this fucking fight broke out. Why does this keep happening? To you? Why? <laughs> I'm, I'm like I'm riding it. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? And then the homie ended up fucking up his hand. You know what I'm saying? He jumped a fence and like stabbed his hand on the damn ah, fucking. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So we was in ER the rest of the night. You know what I'm saying? Along with a whole bunch of other motherfuckers that had so got you trampled was there all and shit. Night. Man. So is that speaking of Atlanta, that was a culture shock, bro. Because I'm from, <laughs> I'm from fucking. You know what I'm saying? I'm from California. You know what I'm saying? Right. We have every culture here. You yeah. Know what I'm saying it was just black. It was so black in Atlanta. <laughs> I loved it, but it was just a culture shock. I'm like, yo, like this is crazy. My nigga, I went to school out there. So really, I went to Clark. Oh shit! Yeah. So, so when yeah, I went to Clark you know exactly out there, what the fuck bro, talking about. I went or as soon as I landed with my mom. We were in the airport and it was all black people. That was exactly. the most black, and everybody was like, look rich. Everyone looked like they had money. It's tight. I didn't see no broke people for bro. like the first like. Bro, couple hours I was out there. All the nurses, all the doctors, all the people at yeah. the hospital. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like Until I, I got to my it. school campus. What happened? Cause my school campus Clark's campus is in Bankhead. Mm. It's zone it's zone one. 
Okay. So that shit's literally that shit's the hood. Right. It's in the. So in the our campus is in, like literally smack dab in the hood, and then it's uh, Spellman's campus, and then it's Morehouse campus too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all right by each other. It's the uh, AUC, the Atlanta University Center. I'm like remembering it as I'm going. I'm kind of high. Uh. <laughs> but no. Nah, um. Either way, I was gonna say is when I was out there. Like when I seen girls, like I grew up around, it was like I grew up around a lot of like cultured went like Latinas and exactly. white girls. Exactly. It was like nothing exactly. but black girls, but it was like every kind of black girl you could possibly think exactly. of. Every single kind, like from Hillary Banks, white girl that black girl right, has right, never right, been around right, black right, people right, like, right, her right. whole life, to like the most Afrocentric, darker than me, clean, right, right, right. Nubian princess, exactly. wears dashikis to it's, school. It's dope. I love it. It's, it's lit. Because that was like my first time being in Atlanta as an adult. So I had been as a child, but you know, you don't really pay attention to right. that. You know what I'm saying? What but, else did you did you do? Any like restaurants out there? Any food spots out there when you're in Atlanta? Um, do you remember? I mean, I we we kept it kind of local. I think we did like the um, Papados and shit like that. Papa, but, I hate to do that. Papados is fire. Hey man, Papados is flame. That uh, grilled it's alligator, the, bro. Oh, you better come on, bro. We gotta do a food alligator, show. We gotta bro. do some food because you're a foodie bro. on the low. Every Absolutely. time I'm around you, we talk some food shit. Absolutely. And you had all the snacks in the studio. We big boys. You we, know what I'm hey, saying? Come hello. On. Talk come to on, me. Bro. Talk to me. <laughs> 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 nah, bro. man. But it was um, when I was out there just this last time, I went to Two Chains restaurant. I didn't even know Two Chains had a restaurant. What's bro, it's called Escobar's. I'm just gonna oh, give it's them this. Trust me. It's a bar. I'm gonna break it down. It's a bar and a restaurant. And literally, when you walk in there, it looks nice, but it has sections. Some like hood ass, like nice velvet couches. Yeah. Roped off, but then it's like tables you can sit in like regular food. And then it's like a bar. And then it's a DJ in the back. And you can smoke weed in there. Hey. And you can eat like happy hour fried catfish baskets for like 10. And you can get a drink. Like they had the strong ass Long Islands. So I was in there drunk, eating catfish, smoking weed, listening to like hip hop for like two hours. Bro, it was lit. So shout out Escobar, shout out Two Chains. He got to figure it out. Low key, I think I'm about to book a flight to Atlanta. Hey, man. for the low, for the low, right? Why this Corona yeah. going around? You feel me? <laughs> hey. That sounds horrible. We making a joke of it. But I know, but nigga, it's real. But I'm hey, just saying, it's a great time to buy flights. That's all I'm it's saying. It's a great time to buy anything right now. Low key, if you can get it right now, I was making a joke. Uh, um, I was like, man, Lysol is more valuable right now than freaking cocaine. If you have bricks of freaking Lysol and like wanna... hand sanitizer, you might can break the market I don't right even now. I laugh at that because it's facts. It's facts. <laughs> Let me have 10 boxes of hand sanitizer right now and go on Amazon. Man. That's like selling gonna, bricks right now. They might try to rob me. I'll they have gonna, to come with the thing to sell it. stupid on that, man. <laughs> that would be crazy. deep. Hey, I get on that just got right now. I was like, 10 niggas, like, damn, real shit though. It's dark. Buy some hand sanitizer right now. Tell me how much it costs. Man, if you can I, find you can't. it. Yeah, where are you going to buy it at? Fucking coronavirus. Sorry, I know we're going down a rabbit hole, but it's like, God damn. That shit is really fucked up some shit. I can see it in your face. You're still, hey, I was, hey, man, I was doing um, Coachella. I'm still doing Coachella. I'm still DJing. I was DJing week one, mm-hmm. and it got postponed. So we're all waiting. It's like me and like three other the homies. We're all just like, okay, well, we're just gonna yeah, kill it in October. Whenever it comes right, back, we're just right, gonna like right. make up for all lost time. Gotcha. Just because, and I mean, it's cool. It's gonna be like a supercharged performance. I know. Um, what's my nigga album? Uzi. Have you yeah. heard Lil Uzi's album that just dropped? I did. Uzi, I'm waiting for his performance at Coachella. Yeah. 
That's what I was going to ask you a question. Just side note. Mm-hmm. High bar on some, on some high shit. Mm-hmm. If you could do a festival, where would you throw it? And who would you have performing at your festival? Oh, my God. Where would I throw it? I got to throw it at home. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to do it in Riverside? Yeah. Where in Riverside? The convention center? You gonna find the I'm spot? Figure it out. You know what I'm <laughs> I don't know. You throw it at the Orange Grove. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Wait, like, that would be cracking. Cause that's a big open area. You know what I'm saying? And who you gonna perform it? Shit. I don't know. I have to. It, it, that's a that's a good question, man. You don't know who you have as a DJ. It's just like putting together a playlist. To I me. know, but you know, but like I would have to have Frank Ocean. If I could just have anybody. Okay. Like, I'll have to have Frank Ocean. Okay. I'll have to have Wiz. That makes sense. E-40. That makes Snoop. sense. Snoop. And that would be probably all the rap. And then everything else would be like N-E-R-D, like Sade. Yeah. But the rap would just be like Snoop, E-40. And maybe like like Roddy Rich. Just for like, just to just get, for the, just, yeah, for the, just for the internet to get the right. clicks and get lit. Right. But he's tight though. I shouldn't I even say it. that. No, yeah, Roddy yeah. Rich really plays the piano on stage. That nigga's sick as fuck, bro. <laughs> that nigga's ill. How old is that nigga? I don't even know. He young though. 20-something. 20-something. <laughs> oh man, but you know, AK, last, I wanted to ask you a question before we get up out of here though. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for maybe some other people that's in the IE that's literally in your position but are in the position of like making beats, producing? How do you get to this next level? What do you what do you what advice do you give to them to level up their stuff basically and get to that level of where you're actually at and you know producing for artists and actually doing consistent gigs and consistent placements and stuff like that? What advice would you have for maybe the young kid in the IE that's doing that? Just keep grinding. Right. You know what I'm saying? It took me 15 years to see a placement. Damn. Niggas don't even want to think about it. That's, that's a long time, bro. The 15? I mean, that's his. That's what Reem be telling me, though. Like, Reem and Dre B. When I be talking to them about shit, because they started ETB in 2000. What, seven? Eight? Yeah. Hey, yeah, I met, I met Dre the year that he started that. No shit. Yeah, we was going to RCC. <laughs> that's red, bro. And he and he's still grinding. And I think that's exactly. a success. And that's something I had to learn. I mean, that sounds stupid. I'm sorry. Like, No, it doesn't. It, it, that's very I mean, simple that's, and it makes sense. It's simple, but okay, if I had to say something else, like don't be afraid to step outside the box because I was not making those type of beats right. before... Um, I got the call to like make beats for Tiger. What, what kind of beats did you start off making? What'd you say? Uh, kind of had could... a different sound. You know what I'm saying? All it together. was just yeah. I would make some like trappier shit sometimes, but I kind of had like I was kind of developing like a different type of sound. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I have this album out that's on. Um, I mean it's everywhere right now. If you look it up, it's called Greatness Unknown. Um, it's 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 a different type of sound, you know what I'm saying? It has different elements in it, right? But then nowadays, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make a more commercially friendly sound. Why not? 
You know what I'm saying? Hey, my nigga, get the checks. Let's yeah. make some money. Let's have some fun with it. Nah, I was just yeah. saying, I was listening to that Doja Cat record. She had like a little pop record that she was playing. Oh, yeah, and then you were talking so. about someone else too um, before yeah. we were talking about the show. Dua Lipa. Yeah, she's killing it. Trust yeah. me, girl. That shit's the wave, man. So it's, I, it's I, I understand. So don't be scared. Don't, be, don't I, box um, yourself in. I interned. I used to be an intern for the Stereotypes. It's a production to production group called the stereotypes right and that's basically bruno's producers you know what i'm saying oh shit i didn't know that yeah so i learned a lot from them as far as is there a different process from making hip-hop music to pop music oh absolutely really it's it's very 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 meticulous you know what i'm saying it's calculated yeah exactly is it is it a formula (laughs) I, I mean, damn near, you would say. Almost, but I mean, you still have to add your own flavor to it. But yeah, there's almost a formula you can follow. You know, I remember um, when I was watching a documentary. No, not even watching a documentary. I read Quincy Jones' book, and he was talking about when he was making um, his autobiography, and he was talking about when he was making Thriller with Michael Jackson. Yeah. And he was saying, like, he just reached out to, like, the best songwriters and the best exactly. like, guitar player, the best keyboardist. And best see, that's, that's, that's one thing that I learned as a producer. Like, that's another piece of advice, I guess. Like, don't be afraid to, to have somebody else do something that you're not good mm. at. You know what I'm saying? Right. I collab with so many people. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, so... My my music sounds the way it does because I collab with people. And I I mean, it's not obviously everything that I do, it's not just me. I didn't just produce Bay, you know what I'm saying? That was a, a creation of, of three, 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 yeah, three yeah. individuals, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, don't be afraid to collab with people. A lot of people want to a lot of people yeah. want to just stick to themselves, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I made this, I did this, I did this, you know what I'm saying? But if you're a part of something that ends up becoming big is better than being a part of something that goes that does nothing i think that's a lot of people's downfall is they don't want to reach out and they don't want to collab and they don't want to like do it as together in unity they like there are people that they all they do is play guitar so why would i not want to work with you (laughs) exactly i'm saying exactly it's like nigga (laughs) you're the fucking guitar nigga because they even were saying um when um I think it was bad. Yeah, it was um bad. No, no, no. Beat it. Excuse me. It was beat yeah, it. Michael yeah, Jackson yeah. beat it, and Eddie Van Halen. I believe. I wanna. Yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm he pretty sure it's Eddie Van Halen. Solo. And they said yeah. And they said Quincy Jones said he literally brought Eddie in, and they gave him a pack, of, a six pack of beer, and some cigarettes, and they just let him hear it for a little bit over and over, and he just came in and did what just we hear now. Rocked it. One tape, and then just walked out with his beer, and then that was it. And then Mike requested that particular, like, I want to do it, like right. that person. Right. That was a question I asked uh, Cam Gnarly and I asked Noah, and I want to ask you too. It's kind of funny. Yeah, man. If you could sign any artist in 1984 between Prince and Michael Jackson, who are you signing? And why? Um, Personally, I'm signing Mike. I know Prince is just the the, the ultimate <laughs> yeah. artist, you know what I'm saying? Like all due respect to Prince, but my upbringing was through Mike. I remember being a young kid like screaming, 
I'm bad. And you know I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> I remember that. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that was my upbringing. I'll for sure the fat kid that had to do the, do the dance, do the Michael Jackson. I had to right. do the moonwalk, do the little Timmy Toad as a kid. And I, like, I specifically remember the first time seeing Thriller, the video. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, I didn't really catch on to Prince until later. Right. So, me personally, it would have to be Mike. Mike. Yeah. You know what? I said Mike, too, because I said Mike, for sure, was about the money. He was about the dough. Mike would make your money too. Hey, Prince was about the money too. Prince was about the money too. This nigga changed his whole identity to get the money. You know what I'm saying? Touche. But Mike will work with you, bro. I feel like Prince will make a masterpiece and then it will never come out. And you'll just know. It's like, bro, we could just put this out and it'll be over. No, Mike is with it. Mike will plan a whole tour around it. Absolutely. Five visuals. Like a theme park. A ride. A movie. An animated movie. Some gloves. Yeah, he was with the gym. Prince was like, I'm going to drop it when I want to drop it. And it's only going to be at Target. Well, I mean, damn, Mike. is going to go to me. Mike's been a star since he was eight. You know what I'm saying? He's been with the jug. You know what's crazy, bro? What I be thinking about sometimes? This nigga Stevie Wonder has been signed since he was 13. He's like 80-something now. Bro, he's made. Still dropping records. Still still touring. On deck. I I think he can see. (laughs) I told that to the homie. I said, I think Stevie Wonder can see. I think it's just, I think at this point, he just keeps it going. Hey, there's a video. (laughs) You seen that video where the nigga catches the mic? What? Just look up on YouTube. Stevie Wonder catches the mic. He catches the mic. The, like it dropped. Somebody, somebody kicked the mic stand over, and this nigga like caught it with the force, bro. Like he don't even look. He just blow. He's like, uh, keep it going. I was like, what the fuck? Like, hey man, how did he know the mic was getting kicked over? You can see. <laughs> That's what I'm going at. I like. <laughs> oh my. I don't know how he does it, man. I don't know. This is some real wavy shit, man, AK. I love it. Man, you know what? I have a, I want to ask you because one thing about us that brought us together even more besides music is cannabis. Yes, it did. Definitely, we smoked a lot of weed. Even besides, I mean, before we even, that's what we did. We smoked. Yeah. When did you first start smoking weed and like, what? Oh, shit. You don't have to say it. If it's a crazy number, don't no, say you, it. You know, uh, you, you looked at me like, Nick. This is something that I left out, though. This is crazy, though. I said that my cousin taught me how to make beats. I didn't tell you that that same weekend, my cousin got me high for the first time. I knew it. You know what I'm saying? Shout what out to my smoke? guy. I, shit, I don't know. Just a little. We smoked a little pipe in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? He had to show me how to do it and shit. You know what I'm saying? I, that was my first time ever smoking. Are you serious? My first time smoking was with when we were walking from um, school. It was this girl who I used to really, really like. Okay, and I was it was me and her sister, and we were all walking, and she pulled out a doobie out of her bra. So I was already like in when I saw that. I was like, all right, cool. And she lit it and we were walking and she gave it to me and I hit it and I was like, and I didn't right. know, like, I didn't really, I just kind of like blew it out. Right, right. And she was like, no, you got to do it like this. And she blew it in her mouth and then like blew it in my mouth like a shotgun out the gate. Damn, she and was, I was with it. She wanted me to get high and then we, yeah, got dummy too high and I ate up all this food and I was like sold ever since. Hey, man. It was dark. But that was like, I was like 12 maybe. I was for sure in middle school. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after that, I didn't really smoke again. And then, like, right, like, junior year got lit. 
I was really like when Kush really like started becoming more like available and out. Cause I didn't like stress, cause I didn't like seeds and shit. It used to pop and right, I don't right, like the right. process of rolling. See, I know you know about smoking like the real yeah, bro. shit. Cause I, I remember when I, I remember used to listen chronic. to your podcast. Yeah, bro, I used to listen to your, your podcast with Draz and y'all used yeah, to talk yeah. about hella tree. And I was like, bro, I just want to ask him about this weed shit, bro. We're gonna bring that shit back too. Man. Oh, definitely. I was gonna, bro, that's happening. That shit was hard as shit. I was, I was definitely a fan of that show. Absolutely. And we're gonna bring it back. We gotta do the reboot. Absolutely. I gotta be on the first episode. Come on, bro. Smoking hella dope. Come on, bro. <laughs> What's your favorite strain? Um, shit. I really liked Charlie Sheen at a certain point. Charlie I went Sheen, through my, OG. I, yeah, I went through my Gorilla Glue, gorilla glue flay, phase. That's <laughs> I'm high as fuck now, shit. It's cool. It's um, that is a hard word to say. I'm gonna try to say gorilla it. Right now. Glue gorilla, gorilla glue phase. phase. God, that's a stupid fucking yeah. Sorry, yeah. but shit. Right now, I can't even say I have a, a favorite. I just smoke OG a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, how do you feel about this gold rush with cannabis right now? Like all these big ca- corporate hey, companies coming that in. It's like, kind of crazy, but you know, I'm finna step my little foot in the door. You know what I'm saying? I got a little uh, cannabis infused barbecue sauce that's finna drop. You know what I'm saying? What? Niggas about to have the ribs with the and get high while you eat the ribs. Come on, dog. Oh, that would be so fire. Hold on, sorry. I just thought about that. Like, imagine like a. Sorry, I'm selling it for you. Yeah, bro. I see Come it on, right bro. when you said it. Smoking Jay's 420 sauce coming soon. Coming soon. Is that an exclusive? That's an exclusive. <laughs> you know, um, I was. You know what got me with the cannabis whole culture was I this this brand called Viola. Al Harrington's a basketball player. Uh, you know basketball player Al Harrington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started a cannabis company, and it was literally off of his grandma because his grandma had, like, horrible, like, pain and inflammation and, like, horrible shit and was taking hella pills, and it was making her sick, and it wasn't helping her. Yeah. And he literally just ended up giving her, like, a little bit of weed, and then, like, after convincing her and talking to her, like, about it, about it, about it, and he, she was just, he, long story short, she did it, and it actually... She started crying because it, it cured her. She felt better than she ever felt yeah. off of everything. And then after that, that's why it's called Viola because mm-hmm. it was off his grandma named Viola. So after I heard with them, I was like, okay, this shit's probably real, bro. Because now nigga, he's like all no, black. I, I can actually attest to it being real because um, my dad, he's a Vietnam vet. He wow. um, he had some like some neck surgeries when I was younger, probably like ten years old. Right, and he had to. Retired because of that, you know what I'm saying? So he's been um he's been laid up and he was in pain for years. Mm. And the VA is kind of a fucked up little place. So I've heard um, about that shit. I heard they be doing niggas fucked yeah, up. Yeah, so recently he kinda like or during that time he was taking 30, 40 pills a day. God damn. Crazy shit. That a tear up his stomach. Man, he he was bedridden pretty much. You know what I'm saying? But um, my man started smoking weed, and was what able. What strain? To, do you remember what strains he was like started off with? It or didn't it, matter. Wow, it's just anything <laughs> yeah, other just, than yeah, that. Wow. Yeah. So and he, and he was, was it like at, an instant like. He was able to wean himself off the pills. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So now he's. Purely cannabis, so is he not? Is he still bedridden right now? Hell no, nah. this nigga is wow. 
Nigga, he's everywhere. Wow. You know how how soon of a turnaround was it that would you say? For shit. It was quick. It was fast, bro. Wow. It really he was able to wean himself off of all them pills and now he's like the president of a foundation called Weed for Warriors. Wow. Which helps veterans get cannabis. I don't know why they don't have that already kind of well it's because it's federally yeah, not yeah that's, that's a whole other, nother see whole <laughs> other podcast. Just, yeah that, that's a whole other hour of talking with you like two more people man <laughs> but nah man but i that's why i believe in this though because it helped me you know i always tell this story you know it helped wing me off of my my addictions and right people still be like oh well you still smoke weed it's like well what i was doing right, right. <laughs> this is a lot better this is, i would not die doing this for sure there's that no part. recorded deaths to this so that part. and it helps people just in that story and it helped me help with my when i um had my surgery with my stomach and um with my gastric sleeve mm-hmm. with my weight loss surgery exactly they gave me hella narcos and I said narcos, narcos, <laughs> narcos. I think about the show. Right, yeah. <laughs> nah, but they gave me hell of those shits and was like, yeah, take them. And I probably could have kept getting them, kept getting them. But then I was like, nah, man, I want to be sober. Like I wanted to know, I wanted to be on no other opioids or nothing like that. And I had to wean myself off and I was vaping because it was the only thing I could do because right, my stomach right, it would hurt. Right, so right. I had like, the little Pax pen. I remember that. Yeah. See? And that shit weaned me off of everything. That's when I realized, I was like, bro, this shit's really medicine, bro. Facts. Like, it's just misunderstood. I don't know. I'll never understand. It's becoming more acceptable now, obviously, you know. Because the gold rush is here. The corporate America's here, too. Right. But yeah. at least when it's companies like Viola, you know, yeah, there's, that I've there's heard, it's like a few good companies. Even there's cookies. Good companies, like, yeah. I, hey, man, even though they're the big dogs, but Burner's eating and them other brands are eating. Like, yeah, if you get absolutely. with them, niggas, like getting signed. Absolutely. Like, you're good. He's Absolutely. like, he's the man right now. He's like Diddy right now of the weekend. So, you know, I, I, I that's what I wanted to talk to you about because I know this whole gold rush of, you know, our green rush, you're calling green it. Green rush, yeah. Yeah, I can't say gold rush. This whole green rush is going to be profitable, and I want in on it, and I'm for sure going to start doing shit with well, it. Well, shit, you know, like you said, we finna start this foodie podcast. I'm finna drop this barbecue sauce. You know what I'm saying? We finna, we finna get it in. Great, you know what I'm saying? We gonna do it, bro. Man, but you know, I okay, man. I appreciate it. Man. Definitely, you coming through, bro. I man. appreciate you having me, bro. And we appreciate we did a lot of we did we talked about a lot of you know random dope shit, shit, random shit, funny <laughs> shit. But honestly, you're a very great example though of someone from the IE that worked hard, strap you know bootstrap, put your shit together and got it. Like you really did. Like I don't know any hookups. You just say one time like, oh yeah. I was just there, then they heard it. No, my nigga, you like, I worked, I worked, I worked, I worked. 14, 15 years, and I'm still working right now. It's not over, you know? Absolutely. So, where can people hear your shit, man? Where can people, you know, get your stuff? What's your Instagram? You know, shout out that. Uh, everything is The Audio King. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Spotify, fucking... <laughs> Title, and what was the shit. name of that album you say you have out right now too? Uh, shit. There's a couple of them out. The one, I, the one that I dropped in 2015 is Greatness Unknown. Mm-hmm. I've dropped a project with my artist News. Uh, if you look up the Real News on Spotify or wherever, you'll find all his music. And um, I got a project that's I'm working on with DJ Charlie Cinco right now. Hey, I fuck with that nigga. Yeah, that's that, a cold nigga. Like he's, he's another nigga he's I've been watching since he was like. Yeah, I think he's the he's the next nigga. You know what I'm saying? No, for he's sure, one sure. of the co- he's, he's like literally, literally the nigga right now. For sure. But um, 
so yeah then a uh, project with uh cam gnarly about to drop soon i did a project with um jig or cj simmons damn um, dropped a project with m16 the great um uh we did i did a couple songs with uh with audio push that's the latest single that's out right now audio push featuring ot genesis thankful okay you can look that up of course bay the bay remix <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That shit go up so much, right? The I remix, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They got G Easy on that thing and E40. I was I was super hyped about having E40 on a record. That's just tight. Hey, E40 is a legend, man. Yeah, exactly. So, did you get to like meet him and like that? Yeah. I, I mean, did actually. I went to the video shoot for uh the remix. And is he really like how he is on like in real like is he really of like course. how he is? Absolutely. Still like talking Absolutely. the whole thing. Oh my god. Absolutely. I can't wait to smoke with E40. It's gonna happen. I wanna yeah, drink some Earl yeah. Stevens, drink some of that wine yeah, with him. Yeah. <laughs> drink some of that tequila. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, he be cooking too. He we gotta do the food shit. show. Come we gotta on, do a bro. food and smoking gonna, show with E40. We're gonna get him. That'll be the one of the guests him. we gotta. We're gonna just put that out there in the atmosphere. <laughs> All right, man. But you know what though, IO King, man, I appreciate you, brother, man. And um, you're always welcome on Big Cali My World, bro. My G. For sure. And for all your podcasts. Audio and visual needs, go to ProductiveCulture.com backslash podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section, put in Big Cali World, put it Argument Radio, put Big Cali Told Me, put I Heard It and It Was Tight and It Was That One Cool Dude With The Beard That Told Me, whatever yeah, you can yeah, figure yeah. out, and you would get that special discount. Shout out that, Productive Culture, man. For sure, for sure. And shout out Element Recording Studios. If you're ever out here in the Pomona, LA area, IE area, have your shit sounding right also. Oh, yeah, shout out your studio too, man. What's your, your studio out there, man? Man, we over there at 95 Studios, you know what I'm saying? 95 Recordings, excuse me. Shout out my boy Draz, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Draz. Yeah, you know I mean, so we uh we rocking it out over there in Riverside. If you're down there, holla. For sure, for sure. And um, for all your uh clothing accessory needs, go to utblifestyle.shop. I believe it's a few items left, but we about to stock up soon. And uh also for the shark hoodie. Oh, wait. Yeah, well, let's get them for the shark hoodie. Go to taylorgain.com. That's still available, the UTB shark hoodie. And for this hoodie I'm wearing right now, you can see, we're going to drop this. By the time this come out, this will be on bigcaliworld.com. You can get this right now. And uh, yeah, man, feeling good, feeling great as usual. It's the man with the plan. I ain't Clark Kent, but some of the ladies do call me Superman. It's your boy, Big Cali. Appreciate you, Audio King. Real hey. shit, man. Let's go.